How are you? How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Like I told you, this is so crazy because normally I'm on the other end of it. So being interviewed versus interviewing, right? Yeah. So how are you today? Anything special on this day that you post this? <laughs> I mean, it's nothing much special. Like Sundays for me, it's just my me days just to relax for all the weekends. Yeah. And then this is the day where I either I normally doing some editing, some music or interviewing, but yeah. I'm always doing something on a Sunday. So, you know, I hear you. It's a, it's a, it's a good day to get things done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I wish I could actually like take the day off per se, but usually I take my days off with my girl. So only on Saturdays and Friday nights is like the only time available nice. I have. Yeah, nice. because Sundays is just, I got to work. I got to work. Like, you, you know how it is. Like if you, if you want to reach, yeah, you you want to reach some girls, you know, you definitely got to put up some of the words. There's going to be some sacrificial times out of it. So, you know, that's what you got to be doing on a Sunday, yep, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So how are you? Welcome to the show. You know, welcome to the Lone Wolf Podcast, where we interview one of the most interesting people in the entertainment industry. And you happen to be Whoa, one of them. Dang, I feel so blessed to hear you say that because <laughs> that is great. Um, thank you for acknowledging my importance, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, it all it was all based because of Deja. She, she mentioned you that you used to be Jardis's tour manager. Girl, so, that's my girl right there. You know, shout out to Deja right there. You know, oh, amazing person, amazing person. So sweet, you know? Yes, for sure. So when, like, I saw I saw your past interviews. I saw the one with Ricky Shindo. Yeah. Oh, thank Deja. you. Great job. I loved it. It was very, very... I loved hearing it, like the questions you ask and everything. I was like, yes, let's get to know them, right? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's the whole purpose about the whole podcast thing. I mean, the whole reason I'm into it is because I like talking, you know? Hey, like, me too. And that <laughs> used to get me in trouble in school. Really? Yeah. Like we used to get like progress reports. I'm from Jersey. So like we used to get progress oh, reports shit. and... It would be like, um, it would always be the same thing. Like, yeah, she's doing well in class, but very talkative. I'm like, I'm networking <laughs> here. Like, come on. So you never know who you know. What if I was getting started and I have a talk show one day that's as big as Oprah? I don't even know. Hey, anything is possible. I mean, shit, if Oprah can do it, why can't we, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. Cut you know what's interesting about Oprah? What's that? So, you know, she, she has her own channel. Right. Um, and it's her own production company, too, called Harpo. And do you know that that means Oprah backwards? What? Nani? Yeah, it's like Harpo. And it's like Oprah backwards, I think. Something like that. I heard but that's what it is. Harpo. Yo! That sounds conspiracy type shit. Yeah, but she she's like very clever with it. And like... I, I always like these like little things. Like I pay attention to little things in like marketing and how people like brand themselves or market their business. It's just something that I'm interested in when I like, I just, I pick up on it. Really? So, like, for example, yeah. Like, you know, like um, Spotify, Hulu, all these things that you can pay to not have advertisements. Number one, I'm cheap. Number two, I like advertisements because I like to see how advertisements impact these popular things that people are always on, such as Spotify, for example. 
Um, I like hearing different artists, right? Mm. Like I'll listen to like a station mm. and I'll hear different artists that I haven't heard before. I'll listen to a very like odd station that no one really like probably like 40 plays on it. And like, I just like to hear new artists and see why Spotify is actually doing these things. Why are they recommending certain artists and what their advertisements have to do with relating to what I listen to? So I don't know. I like to pick up on those things. It's probably like a marketing nerd inside. I don't know. All I hear is that you're a marketing genius. Is what you, you, know, <laughs> no. you know. I don't know if this is something that you may not know, but mm. um, along with Deja and the rest of Yardage and Cheryl too, we created this production company called All Out Productions. Mm. And we pretty much uh, put out a festival in Miami, All Out Fest. And really? it was sold out. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. We had we had everyone on that bill. It was also an album release for Yardage for face value. So we put it on as our own production company. And then from there, we spin that into like a little thing where like let's make more events like this is lit like right and so we had another event after that uh called five dollar friday in fort lauderdale sold out same thing we just know how to throw parties you know what i'm saying so it was cool and we had like games a bunch of like different things it was really really cool but you know covid happened you know covid happens and then yeah Every COVID happened and everything changed for the bad. Cool. It was yeah. awesome. We were doing a lot of big things and like the all out fest that we had was like right after a long tour with, that we we were on like a Northeast tour pretty much. We right. went all the way up to like New York. I think we uh, Louisville, Washington, D.C., North Carolina. We went to a bunch of different places. Damn. Uh, we went to Jersey, New York, all everything. Over the, all over the East Coast. Yeah, it was it was a great time. We just didn't go up to Boston. Maybe it's because I'm a Yankee fan. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. So like, you know, to, to kick it off, it was in West Palm. So it was like home. And then to end it off, it was in Miami, right? So it was really cool to end it with a festival to celebrate your album release. That's pretty dope. I, I think I, I was in that show, that last one, because... At the All Out Fest, Ricky and Shindo played. That's the one I was with. Yeah. I was yeah. backstage the whole time with Cheryl. I was eating. Oh, I was I the one. We gave you a bunch of shots and I didn't even realize. I'm pretty sure. Like <laughs> I, Cheryl came over and I was like standing outside and, and Cheryl's look at me. is like, Wolfson, what are you doing? Why are like, you doing it? Yeah. Like, we're like, um, I'm out. I'm right here, you know, supporting. you. It's like, no, get Support inside here backstage. Yeah. Come here. We got drinks. We got yeah, food. food. Get inside here. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yep. My bad. My bad. My bad. In Miami, do you go backstage, find bottles and croquetas? Like, oh my God. You have no idea how much I was devouring those croquetas, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was a good time. I'm glad that you had fun. It was something that I'm very, very proud that we did. It was, we had like a vision and just to see it come to fruition. Yeah. It's nice, you know. No, kudos for you guys, man. Shout out for that doing something like that, man. I enjoy and and it's coming from me that I'm not that big of an indie background or anything. I just enjoy music overall and I yeah. support all my homies and everybody yeah. that I'm with. So me going there for the first time without any expectations or knowing what to expect out of it, I had a blast. And awesome. the album release. I, I was enjoying it. Like I told Deja, my favorite song was Northwest out of out of the Holy Pete. Yeah. Northwest is a good one. I think my favorite off that one is Opinions. But that's oh. just my opinion. Right. Oh, oh, my bad, yo. My bad, yo. 
But yeah, you know, I mean, Deja, her, her alone, I could literally, I told her the other day, I'm like, you need to stop talking and just sing to me when you look at me. Just don't, you got to ask me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sing it to me because you sound so beautiful. Like I don't ever want to hear you talk to me. <laughs> so you just want her to be a Disney princess overall every time. Just sing it alone. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> so have you actually recently heard some of her new stuff that she's doing? Yeah, with her, her voice jazzier voice? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Deja, Deja Gone Jazz. Yeah. I haven't got the chance to listen to it, but out of you, what are your thoughts behind it? Yeah. You know, what's funny is like, um, I have to give her my input as two different people. Mm. Right? I have to give her my input as like tour manager and, you know, consumer. And the good yeah, with the fr- like exactly yeah. that side. And then I have to be like, girl, like as a girl, like mm. I got to tell you what I really think. Right. But I'm always very honest. That's a big thing with me. I don't like to lie. I think it's stupid. Right. But anyway, I, I really have to give her my opinion. So I go, girl, I'm going to be honest. I don't really listen to jazz like that. I listen to a lot of stuff. So I know that there's probably, you know, a lot of elements that I won't understand that are very jazzy. Cause mm. I know that, Jazz is something that you need to appreciate, but if you don't listen to jazz, you may not pick up on how like the counts are. The counts are going to be right, very different right. as compared to your classic top 40 on the radio, right? Um, not to say that it's bad, it's just different, but I love it because anything that she adds her voice to, anything that she puts her own twist to is, to me, gold. It, my ear is just beautiful. So I think what she's doing now is really cool. It's almost like experimental to me to right. hear Deja in that element. I really think she's always been very, uh, you know, blues rooted. She's very blues rooted, but that's soul, right? And anything good has good soul. It makes you feel that feeling, makes you do that face. Like, right. mm, makes you do like ugly face, right? Speaking of ugly faces, even in your, I think you were playing at Cheryl's uh, party, right? For yeah. the boys. I made that ugly face when you were up. I was like, because anything that makes you feel that like, oof, like got me, you know, it makes you do that face. Like a lot of times I, I do that, like with bass players, like bass players. Like if you really like get into that groove, into that pocket, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you didn't hear those notes, but it happened and you're just like, Right. Hey, hey, that's the regular face for every bass producer and every bass player. Like every time yeah. I hear Needy doing his heavy drops on his dubstep songs, yes. I just go, Yeah, right. Oh, like, oh, exactly. Oh, oh what? what? Like, did that just happen? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh. exactly. So know that you got one of those faces from me that night. You didn't even know it. <laughs> I still got it. I still got it. I still got it. So th- the funny thing, I wasn't even supposed to play that night. Let me, oh, let me, yeah? let me give you a little brief story Special. about it. I wasn't supposed to play that night. I, in fact, I wasn't supposed to perform doing anything. I was just going to go there, support Shindo and Ricky. And, you know, yeah. oh, by the way, shout out to our boys, you know? Yes, shout out. I tell him because shout he out gets, to Cheryl. Oh, my <laughs> God. Cheryl, absolutely. Cheryl needs, deserves a shout out. She gets a, one of my effect sounds, you know, you're, you'll hear it in the podcast when I release it. Okay. Oh, oh, so, fire. I love Cheryl. Cheryl. I keep, I keep, I'm going to try to get Cheryl into the show, but it's an up, uphill battle with her. You know, I don't know what it is, but she just doesn't like it. I'm like, well, you got to do it for me. Like, like, I, 
I'm trying, I'm trying to even tell her, I'm like, come on, girl, you got this. You got things. You know, I mean, got a lot to say. Exactly. We got lots to say. We got lots. To say. <laughs> but dude, for the freezer story, I, I did. Ricky actually has my controller. The whole DJ setup, that was, that's mine. <laughs> like I give, I have, I've stopped DJing like four, three years ago. And when Ricky was starting to go off, I, I let him, I let him my stuff. It's like, yo, since I'm not unison, you can use it to practice yourself for your tour and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. What happened is that I said like, oh shit. Let me, let me hit him out to say like, yo, like bring, bring the controller so I can take it back with me. He's, he replied to say, oh, yeah, I'm bringing it. Bring your USB. We're doing some stuff. I'm like, oh, bro. Yes. Like, that means that that means that either I stayed the whole night until everybody's done and I could take that home with me or. Is that I'll, like a DJ thing? Like, bring your USB. Yeah. <laughs> That's a DJ we're thing. real tonight. Yeah, we're getting real. When, when a big DJ tells you, yo, bring your USB. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get my music ready. Let me get my shit ready. Hold on. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's it's happening. It's happening. Let's go. Drag all fire hits to USB. <laughs> Basically, just like that, one by one, one by one. You know. And that night, did Ricky started playing. Shindo did his thing, but Ricky started playing. And then I came along. I was gonna say something. We took pictures, and then they were gonna actually gonna put the. The Peaches remix out in that, but something was happening with the USB yeah. and the and the computer it wasn't processing. So Ricky was telling me, "Yo, Wolfson, uh, play a little bit, play a little bit." And I'm like, uh, "Okay, I'm drunk, but I'll play. <laughs> I'll play. Like, what do you want me to play?" It's like, "Um, just just play, just play whatever, man. Do whatever you feel like." I was like, "Whatever uh, your heart desires." I'm like, "Uh, I can't, cause." I, I think I'll kill the vibe. <laughs> I'll just go heavy dubstep no, at that it, point. It only even got better. Like you got more lit. I was like, hey man, I just not. I just read the vibe. Basically, um, I've been DJing for over fifteen years. That's so amazing. I've been I've been in the nightlife scene for over a decade. So I, it, it gets it gets one of those perks that you can immediately detect and read the crowd. Yeah, and then you can just like it's tune in yourself and play exactly the the. The songs that everybody's gonna be fucking with, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I like the I like those little twists though. Like honestly, within especially like dubstep alone, mm. I really my favorite thing. I, I know I may not be even putting this right, but like those little like raindrops, the pin drops, like the doink, and then it's like boom, 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 boom. like I like the little like little things. Oh, I know what you're saying. But yeah, Does I that know. Make sense? What is it called? What like it's. In technical terms, we call that like a little breather. So that way it gives that heavy like bam. Yes. It's almost like a raindrop or a yeah, like, drop or something. It happens. It us usually you'll hear this in the build out. So you go Yeah, it's it, we call yes, that a breather exactly. because it's the always is basically you just escalate yourselves all the way to the drop hits. Nowadays, we just want to make things much more interesting to stand out for others. So we give that little breather in between in the buildup and gives that little that little drop. I usually tend to put like a cowbell go punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their thing. That's so cool. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. So basically, that's what that's what it is. It just it just gives it more energy into it and, just, and then just attracts you to more to what's coming. And you're like, 
oh, oh, what? where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but is that is that usually your style of music? Like, were you always into dubstep or there were other no, genres before? No, like, so I like dubstep, but it's never been my go-to. Like, mm. I've always, like, for, I have a bunch of different influences, but mm. my go-to, I love indie. I love the indie rock. That's my vibe, like that bedroom rock. Like, that's me. Like, I can go on and on about all day, like about every band that I like. But I think my biggest influence being from Jersey, my favorite's Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Whoop, Whoa. Okay. Okay. 100%. 100%. Um, and I know that a lot of people get a bad rap, and I understand, but... I also musically am very influenced by Brand New. Brand New has been one of my biggest influences forever, which I know Ricky too is yeah. one of his biggest influences. I know that, you know, there's been a lot going on with a lot of um, a lot of artists having issues outside of the music that they're mm. creating. And it kind of causes like a, you know, like a, a almost like a tug of war with your listeners, right? Almost like um when you buy something from someone, if they're not representing what you believe, sometimes you don't want to buy that product because you're like, I don't believe in what you believe in. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah, that makes sense. So, so I, I'm not sure if you were aware, but with the lead singer of Brand New, um, it came out that even he had admitted that he had a problem um, where he, you know, was like a sex addict. Apparently, mm. there were allegations about it that he had confronted and said, like, yes, like. Um, you know, I used to talk to girls through like online chat or whatever that um, that may have been underage, uh, but I'm oh. not here to tell his story. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you what pretty much is the thing behind it. And when that happened, it's kind of like flip, like you're one of your biggest inspirations. You're like, damn, right? I, like, I, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know how that feels, you know, and it's hard sometimes to separate music from the artist, the art from the art, the art from the artist. But for me, I it's so hard. I love brand new. Like they're sonically, they're everything to me. Like it's it's a it's a very interesting thing that you say something like that because as consumers, as as fans, can we separate music from the artists from their personal shit? Like for whatever uh, fuck shit, can we yeah. actually listen to their music knowing that they may? Allegedly, yeah. let, we'll put allegedly in all this, like allegedly admitted, have done any of this. Yeah, he has admitted like it went from brand new Facebook directly from right. him admitted like he's like, yes, this happened. He then explained his side. I'm not defending him, but I also understand that it's not the best to be supportive of somebody who could be doing this right But then again, it brings it all back to mental health and how that portrays in art. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, think about even in the 70s, people were in such a fucked up state of mind that they created all this music. There are songs right. that we don't even like, you know, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, big hit. Not many people know it's about LSD. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Like how many how many songs do we know? All rock songs. Yeah. That it's about drugs and we're just like too... Yeah. We're too Or even like, for example, Peaches and Cream when we were younger. Remember that song? Oh, hell yeah. It's a banger, right? But when I'm like eight years old, going like Peaches and Cream, hey. hey. You know what I mean? Like getting freaky in my little limousine. I'm like, I'm little. I think it's like Peaches and Cream, you know? Like 
I didn't realize what he meant. <laughs> so, well, like, sometimes you don't realize the artistry and the art, or the artist and the artistry and the art that they do. It, it could sometimes go against each other, right? Yeah. I know a big one, a really big one. Tell me. You know, after the Framing Britney came out on Hulu. Mm, oh, you saw it. I saw it, yeah. And what? I was a really big Justin Timberlake fan. And it sounds very hypocritical of me. I'm being very honest and vulnerable right now. Very hypocritical of me to be like, fuck you, Justin Timberlake. How could you? I'm never listening to your music again. But meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, Britney's my favorite band, right? It's a real tug of war. I feel very hypocritical to think that. But my ears don't. And it's kind of like, fuck, like, you know, I still, to me, I feel like there's room to separate them. But at the same time, you also have to recognize and realize what's right and wrong. Right. right. I don't choose to listen to Justin Timberlake's mm-hmm. music as much as I wanted to. Right. Sometimes I hear like sexy bad and I'm going to change it though. Right. Cause I'm like, I feel you, Brittany. I'm on your side. I got you, girl. <laughs> right. Right. It's almost like a loyalty thing. And like, as a female, I want to be loyal to like, you know, a lot of, in general, I'm going to say just the Me Too movement. Right. It's, it's a, it was a big part of the Me Too movement is coming out and having all these allegations come out about people. So I am supportive of women using their voice. And, you know, I never feel like it's right to blame a victim ever. Absolutely. Like it, it's, but it's, it's hard different. when you're like, damn. I love your music and it made such a like, I mean, such a part of my life. Yeah, like like, l- like, like I I like imagine best example right now, R. Kelly. Like you cannot argue that his music w- it was sh- shit or horrible. Perfect like example. no, it's like it's their, his music was amazing. But you know, everyone was rocking out to ignition. Yeah, yeah. Like I I personally do. I cannot listen to an R. Kelly song or. Or you can't even see him after all this fucking after shit. That yeah. Yes. But I cannot deny either that his music catalog is horrible. Like, no, it's good. It just so happened that now if I listen to it now, I can be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You, Ew, R. Kelly. Like, no, no, oh, shit. That, I, now I know what this means. Like, yeah, my exactly. mind's telling me no, no. Yes. But my body, yes. my body's telling me, yeah, I'm hearing. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's that's another one, and and it's it's amazing how people cannot separate that and still support R. Kelly. Exactly, I can't. But why is it that I feel some different type of way? Is it because I'm a big fan of Brand New? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. A, a lot of their lyrics are biblical too. Like it's just like, damn. Like I never would have guessed it and it's just like fuck that's crazy it, it sucks that someone tied some of these artists that you know you've been listening for years and years and then when you find out or come to light some of their stories or some of their allegations or real shit that really happened it, it, something about you it, it, like you say it becomes a tug of war because you don't know whether to be right or to be a fan yeah not many people can do can separate that. I can easily separate my my criticism as an audio engineer and producer versus uh, my criticism as a fan. Yeah, I can do that very, very perfectly. Like I can critique your song and tell you what's wrong with it. But then as a consumer, I can say, yo, that's dope. That's it. 
Yeah. Not many people can do that. And I think that's why sometimes some of these people are like out there battling and supporting them because psychologically, they don't want to be wrong. Yeah. They don't want to be wrong because they'll feel shame. They'll feel embarrassed. So they double down themselves and it gets even worse, you know? Exactly. Like another example in the base community. Remember, uh, have you remember a guy named Datsik? Datsik. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I do remember. Yeah, that fuck boy, Trey, Trey boy, I remember. Um, he has lots of lawsuits and allegations, which I believe it's true, based on people that I work with. In the community? Yeah, no, 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 not in the community. In the, in the industry community, mm-hmm. have told me that they toured with him and play shows with him, and they told me some of the stories are true. Okay. That's how I know so what all these allegations are to me. They're yeah. like, they're true. Yeah, I used to love his music. And when I heard some of this shit, like I deleted his music from my computer. Like I stopped listening. Like I cannot listen to some of his music without even knowing, without knowing the fact that this guy did some fuck shit with, with girls yeah. and his fans. And, and he was just in a bad, bad guy overall. Like I can't, I can't. And Bass Nectar, there's another guy. Damn. Yeah, him, his his representative team, like his management, his his production team, Space Jesus, I believe it was, and his production team, like it was some fuck shit up. Wow. Yeah, and after after I heard that, I was like, Donzo, like I can't listen to, Damn. I cannot appreciate. It. And Bass Nectar's music was dope. I can't listen to it anymore. That's it. You're like, you're done for me after I hear all these fucking shit, which is actually it. pretty interesting when you say some of that, because not many people do that. That You have no idea how many times I've I've, co- I've come across to festivals and I've seen people supporting that sick with their shirts and everything. Yeah, both, kind of, both genders, both genders. Music too. It happens a lot with like metal and like, you know, like, for example, work tour. They're done, I think, but I'm sorry. I don't think they'd be a thing as like they once were because also now with so many of these bands having these allegations that played Warped Tour years before, it's like now they want to have that distance from the crowd because of those allegations. What? Like, okay, I get it. But like, why even continue on at that point? Like, it's hard. Like, and and you know, what's so funny. Just a quick transition for reference here. I told you that I was thinking of, you know, pursuing comedy and things. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. We can totally get into that later. But just to give you an idea, since we're on topic here in comedy, it's the same thing. It's like a sensitivity barrier now that you got to mm, be careful. Really? No matter what the art, no matter what the art, comedy, mm. music, it can be dance. It can be literal art. Film, TV, film, TV, dance, anything. Any type of art, there's like this filter that needs to be added. Thankfully, with this generation, it has been added. But coming from a perspective of the one being the artist, Mm. it almost challenges you a little bit in a way where you're like, okay, because you're remembering as a comedian, you'd be up against all the greats, right? Mm. But all the greats, and Kevin Hart had a big problem with this, all the greats came up in a time of comedy where things were acceptable that are no longer acceptable. Right. 
in music, in, like you said, in media in general, like the film, think about shows on MTV, like the next bus that would never happen today. Guy code. Guy code, girl code. Girl what co- happened? Well, what, do you remember what was the show that they, that they go to their, to, to other people's dorms. And then they decided based on what, how your room is. Yes. It was, I think like room invaders. Or yeah. Some something right? like that, that they, they, based on that, they decide whether I should date you or not. And blah. And, yeah. go- and like, you're going in with like a black light to see if you could see any. Yeah. Like- oh, remember all the raunchy comedies. Oh my gosh. All the, all the original American pie movies. Exactly. Wouldn't happen. I'm going to be honest. As someone who appreciates comedy up the wazoo, I can still laugh at certain things and know that that is not right anymore. Right. Right. Not that I would tell those jokes. I'm just, you know, watching a movie. I'm like, oh, that's funny. But that, no, they'd never go with that today. And it's something that makes you think, right? Like, even, for example, in songs, when people are writing a song and they're writing lyrics, you have to be careful with what you're saying because. The generation now, especially, is they take it literally. Not that you shouldn't, not not saying you shouldn't, because it is what it is. But at the same time, it's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. It's a balance that I can't even really explain. It's kind of like you have to be understanding, but also be your true, authentic self and do what you want without having that. I gotta abide by certain rules, right? right? Because you don't want anyone to take it the wrong way. Not that it's something you mean or whatever. You just got to watch what you say, right? Yeah. Like, so like it just as it challenges you. So to me, knowing that, like I said, I kind of think about this shit before. It makes me appreciate the artist now, today, more than artists back then. Mm. Because they need to appease an audience that's not appeasable. <laughs> yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're basically battling an uphill battle in yeah. which them if you do them if you don't exactly so like and and in that instance the best thing i can tell people is like just do you just mm-hmm. do you just know what you feel if, if it's right and just go with it man like eventually the way i the way i look at things for the way i look at, at fans is if you like my music dope thank you yeah. i appreciate it if you don't like my music it wasn't meant for you. Yeah. It was. A, I. I. I'm sorry, man, but it wasn't meant for you. So you know, move on. It's just sometimes yeah. some of these people. I don't know. They just come up with this sort of hatred, and they just like want to shit on you, just yeah. just because you know you did something, and you were just like, I would. Just, I just did something that I enjoyed myself doing. But okay, you know, be whatever. supportive of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a weird time that we're going with. Not, not that I'm saying it's a bad time because I do appreciate I think it's that. It's an awakening almost. Yeah, it's like it's, it's cultural a cultural awakening for many people for so many reasons. Like yeah. Last year in a little bottle alone, like, oh my God, so many people came together for so many causes that meant so much. I agree. And People that you would never in a million years think would open their eyes started opening their eyes. Yeah. You know, that alone is a sign that there are good times ahead. I think it's kind of just like, it's a tough time right now, but you know, I think as a society, we're kind of just chugging along. Right. Right. 
I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I will put that it's a tough time. I just I just keep rephrasing myself as it's a weird time because it's it a time weird. that it takes us time, time to get adjusted to it until we get the flow going and be like, OK, now we know now we can move on. Let's go on to the next one. You know, it's just it is. It takes time for people to get adjusted to the ideas of what's happening in today's world, whether it's a music or comedy or film or artistry or dancing or any any of the humble above, you know, like yeah. it's just it takes time and the direction that it's going. I can't say if it's a good direction or it's a bad direction. I don't know. All I know is that the best thing that we can do right now is just keep moving forward. Exactly. Yeah, just keep moving forward because that's all we can do. Like, it, you either stand, you either sit and complain about it, or sink or swim. Yeah, sink or swim. Sink or swim. You, you either a shark or a crab. Yeah, I'm a Leo. <laughs> okay, let's just pretend that this is not the zodiac signs, astrologies. You're either a shark, which moves forwards, not backwards, or you're a crab that you go side to side. Which one you go? Oh, you go side to side. Okay, my. Bad. I'm a shark. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm a. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go along with it. And be like, well, I'm this. <laughs> I did, but you know, you say you were a comedian, and I am low key a comedian as well. So hey, I think everyone's a comedian. It's just whether or not you want to go forward with more of it, right? I agree. Uh, the thing about me is just I'm very an awkward comedian. Because I don't just... I noticed that you had a Parks and Rec reference. That's my favorite show of all time. I so said, you're like... Yo! That's my favorite show ever. Which which character you associate with? Oh, my gosh. If I could combine April and Leslie, I, I'm very, like... Nani? I'm, like... What? Leslie's a planner. Yeah. I'm a planner. But I'm very April because I'm very sarcastic. And I'm very, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I wish I could. Can I be Tom? Maybe I could be Tom. Tom's very funny. And like, yo, I don't know. I feel like everybody's it's kind of like saying, like, which friend's character are you? Right. Or which office character? There's so many good characters. Like, you kind of want to be a little bit of all of them. If anything, I. Who are you? Who's your character? I think that's a personal question. Don't you think? Yeah. My, my business is my business. Good day. You're Ron. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Ron and a little bit of Andy and Chris Traeger. Oh, yay. They're all great. See, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, no matter who you are, you're good. Unless you're Jerry. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. Unless you're Jerry, then, you know, shut up, Jerry. Remember? Okay. Have you seen the whole series? Absolutely. I okay. binge watch it all the time. Yeah, and I actually got Peacock just to keep watching it. Me, now that's why I have it. it. Yeah, Peacock, The Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, yeah, Parts and Reg. Yeah, the absolutely. Live Eva is so good. You should check it out. Tina Fey is the one who's behind it. Which one? Uh, it's called Gr Girls Five Eva. It's on Peacock. It's a Peacock original. That's Tina's fate. Oh, that's the the five the five adults that they want to be a singer, a girl band. So what, what the premise behind it is is pretty much it's like this girl group from like the '90s or whatever that 
nowadays um, it, it, in the show, like a rapper samples their song in his song and they become relevant again. They're like, let's try and like build off this again and make our careers right. happen. And it's just really funny. It's like a lot of the writers behind SNL are behind it. It's very, very funny. Oh, you should so, give it a, a shot. No, I definitely will give a shot. Definitely. Yeah. So that's on Peacock. But anyways, I don't even remember what I was saying, but oh, now I remember So at and Parks and Rec, I was like, oh, did you finish watching it? Because at the end, remember Tom writes a book. He's like, you're a Jerry or you're a, Jerry. You're, you're this, you're that. And yeah. then like Tom does the quiz and he gets Jerry. He's like, how am I a Jerry? I made this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was more because, um, uh, what was Leslie's husband's name? Was it again? It was, was a Tom. <laughs> he says like, oh yeah, like I, I, I took the test and I ended up a Tom. And he yeah. was like, no, 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 no. Take it again. It. Take it again. Oh, I got to recalibrate this. That's good. Take it again. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. See, like even in a show like Parks and Rec, season ones and two may not have happened nowadays. You know what I mean? Some of the jokes. Oh, you know, some of those what? jokes may not have happened, especially the ones Tom made. And Aziz is another one like Kevin Hart that they've yeah. gotten in a lot of shit because yeah. of the stuff that in the past. And it's kind of like, fuck, like you kind of like, Try and get past it, but like it comes back to haunt you. Now that so you that's why, as an aspiring comedian, and I say that because I don't want to count myself official yet. But you're getting there, yeah. Hopefully one day, right? Yes. Yes. We're on our way. We're on, our way. we're on our way. That's yeah. I have to know that when I'm starting, I don't want anyone to come back and dig some shit up on mm, me as I start, right? So as right. I want to start on the right foot. I want to be culturally aware of things. I want to be able to also be really fucking funny. My whole shtick is that I want to be like the thoughts in your mind that you would dare, you wouldn't dare say out loud. Mm. You would never say them out loud, but you crack up because they're too a T. Like, um, for example, I'm very, very close with all my cousins because I'm Latina and that's how we do. Puerto Rico, ya tu sabes. Hey, 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 hey. I got hey. My, my Cuban nails right now, SOS Cuba. Hey, that's what's up. I got, I got my Puerto Rico island right here. Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> So, you know, I have a lot of primos and one of my primos told me, he goes, Steph, you're really funny because the things that you say are very to a T. Like, it's very, I almost want to like coin it as to a T comedy, right? Like mm -hmm. there's band humor and I want to be like to a T comedy. Like I want to have my own thing. And pretty much it's like, like I said, it's like shit that's in your mind, what you're thinking, but you would never say it out loud. And I just want to be really mm -hmm. people. And, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't want to do the comedy where I'm mean towards anybody else to make fun of anyone. I just want to have funny things in life that people are like, damn, that's funny because it's true. Right. Right. So that's what I'm trying to aim for right now. You know, it's true what you say, because as I was, yeah, as I was watching some of the old stuff of Parts and Rec and The Office, that show would not fly in today's world. <laughs> like, especially The Office with Michael Scott. Like yeah, how... How many, how many episodes have we seen Michael Scott being harassing his employees? Yes. And that's why a lot of people are like, the office would never have a rerun, like, uh, you know, would never come back. No, nah, it's impossible. That's why when they did um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they kind of, they started off right with their, with the right foot with, you know, getting to that wave of, you know, be careful what you say. And they tackle some of the stuff. That's why it, it actually took up very well, you know, instead of like, like Parts and Rec or The Office. 
it took up great in their time, but not now. Uh, yeah, it, shit like that wouldn't fly. I have to say because it's very hard for comedy to start right in today's world. Because if you if you look back at some of the old sitcoms, you will know that some some of the old sitcoms will never work. Even though they're timeless classics, they will never work in today's world. Like you'll get canceled in the first season. Hundred percent. Like for example, uh, even even uh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child, like Cater to You, got a lot of shit. Right, yeah. Cater to You. I don't know if you saw, but Cater to You was getting a lot of shit. That's on. Let me cater to you. Yeah. Right, and they're like, oh, I'll do your dishes, uh, dessert, so much more, anything you want, cater to you. But then it came back. They're like. Don't blame, don't blame us wanting to cater to a good man because you want to cater to a shitty man. <laughs> I was cracking up. I'm like, okay, Destiny's Child. What a clap back. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Like, I get it. I understood what they were saying, but like, that was funny too. Like, not my fault. Your man's shitty. <laughs> That's messed up. That's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> But it's yeah. it's interesting that you are trying to get to that position of comedy because would you consider that type of comedy in which you're trying to be careful of what you're stepping into safe for the comedy world? Like, are, are you trying to play it safe with you? I don't think I'm trying to play it safe. I think I'm trying to play it smart. Mm. And that's why I haven't really put myself out there as much as I'd like. Mm. It's almost, I, I want to say, um, cause I would, I would never in a million years ever. And I hope nobody else, I don't think anyone would ever call me cocky or conceited, mm. but I think I have a quiet confidence about myself that I know what I can do and I could have been doing it already, but because I have this like quiet confidence, I don't want to go out there and prove anything to anyone. I want to prove it to me. And when I'm ready to do it my way, because you know better than anyone. This industry doesn't allow you to do shit your way. No, never, never. never. And when you are doing shit your way, you've already eaten. You've already eaten so much shit. Yeah. That you're like, damn, I don't know what my way is anymore because this has been how I've been doing things, right? Right. I've been told, hey, Steph, use your platforms, right? And I, to an extent, I do, in certain ways where I feel I can benefit where I'm at right now. Where I'm at, I like using my platform on Instagram, because that's where I feel I have my most organic reach where most of my friends and who I would consider at some point, hopefully a supporter or mm. fan of my career, that's where they're at. That's where they're going to know what's really up with my life. That's where they've seen me being a tour manager for Yardage. They've seen me on tour with Yardage. They've seen me on tour with Jessica Morrell, great, great singer songwriter. They're going to see my comedy. They've also seen me do my interviews. You You've probably seen my IGTV interviews. Yes. I, and it's funny because Cheryl tells me all the time, she goes, Steph, no matter what you do, you're going to be amazing at it, but I have a feeling you're going to end up in music. She always tells me, Cheryl took me wow. under her wing. I know. Cheryl took me under her wing. She was like, girl, I see a lot in you, but you got to like do it. Right. Cause like you could, you could have all the things you need, but if you don't use it, Right. So that's, you know, and in a, and in a good push, you know, she used TikTok, use this, use that. That's what everyone's doing. I don't want to do it now because that's what everyone's doing. Is it the right thing? No. Is it the wrong thing? No, but it's not what I want to do. So I'm not going to reach, reach. I'm not going to do it. I don't know if it's because I'm from Jersey. That's like my, that's like my, 
it's a blessing and a curse that I don't want to eat shit. At some point in your career, to get anywhere, you need to eat shit. I'm not ready to eat shit yet. And why do I have to? Who the fuck made that the standard? Fucking at sex, corpse, music labels, big guys, promoters. Yeah. It's Bring those it fuck up. it's those fucker fuckers who made who and made it who make local artists like ourselves fight hard just to get to the positions that we want to and still we don't get the recognition that we deserve, you know? Yep, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with quote unquote paying your dues in a sense, right? There's nothing wrong no, with No, of that. course not. Everyone needs to do that. Everyone needs to network and do shit for free and yeah. you know, get out there because one day you'll be where you want to be. Mm -hmm. But I want to do that in a way where I don't have to fucking eat shit. Maybe I'll munch on little bites. But I don't want to have to be like, all right, I'm getting into something I want to do, right? Like you build up such a like, and I've seen your past interviews, so I'm sure you can relate to this where you're like, damn, I have family and friends that are like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Like, if you want to do it, do it. But then you're like, fuck you, yo, you're the same people that are going to judge my ass when I'm doing it at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird, um, I, I use this a lot, but it's a tug of war with yourself. It's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, I may be doing this and I may lose a lot of people I think are supportive of me. But at the end of the day, are they really, right? You learn. Are, are, were they really, really your supporters? They were they really your fans? Exactly. Exactly. So like, I just try to do things my way. And if you want to come along for the ride, forever grateful. You don't, I still am doing what I want to do. It is what it is. You know? I've talked about this all the time in my previous episode. Mind you, this is going to be like episode 66. <laughs> so so I've, I've been a whole year talking about this sort of stuff because the whole basis of my podcast is telling people my experience in the music industry and talking about all the shits that I had to do, all the shenanigans I had to come up with, you know, all the stuff that it's that uh, people have to do. The stuff that happens to my friends, my people from the industry, like, for instance, I've seen a lot of shit that did dirty to my, to our, my boy Ricky and Shindo as well. Like, I've seen so many crap and I basically put my platform out there to let the people know. It's like, hey, expect some of this shit. Oh, yeah. A wise man learns from his home mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. Yes. So I learn from other people's mistakes as well as my own. And I put it in this platform. So that way, the next generation who wants to come up, talented people, talent, talent, talented people who really wants to put a step in the industry and want to do a change, they can at least listen to this podcast and learn some of the traits that oh. I, I had to endure or go through. So you guys don't have to go through that. Maybe you will go through it in some form or shape, but you didn't have to go it as hard as I had to go through, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. This is an educational podcast. I'm trying to teach people like, do this, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. This yeah. is the reasons why. If you do this, this might happen. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Like, And you have to. And like, I'm surprised that there's not that many people out there who are like me, who is trying to fight for the people for the next generation and shit. Like, and you know why? Because of what we were talking about, the big people, they don't yeah, want you. Because time's fucking wasting, right? You got to get to where you need to be. You don't have time to worry about the next. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. 
That's why I was telling you, like, I don't want to do it the way that it's supposed to be done because yeah. it should be standard to have to do it because someone else, like, we have that power to say no. Why are we not doing? Maybe if people start doing it, others will kind of join that bandwagon and be like, you know what? Sad. That's right. Think about this. How many artists nowadays are independent? A lot more than there was before. Because people are doing it. Yeah. So if people start saying no now, no, I'm not going to do it your way because it's fucked. Oh, but that's how we've been doing it. Well, really? Look at how the government's working. Is it working? Because that's how we've been doing it. Times changing. Said you got to keep up with the times, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we can, if we can do it as a society within politics and how we are treated in everyday life, why can't musicians and artists in general start setting their own standards? Because because standards are being questioned. Because they don't have people like us letting them know. So they come they come inside the music industry blindly. Yeah. So, and then once they go in blindly and and getting get their feet wet with the with the wrong crowd, that's where they start to realize all the shit. And then that's where they hit rock bottom. That's where they hit you know all this and that. They don't have yeah. people like us that we're telling that don't do this. Like we you can do this. I remember one time I was at school, the same school that me and Ricky went. One time we were at this uh, this sort of seminar, and these Grammy Award audio engineers he came over and said you know what let me see how many people are there in this room all right there's like 10 people if y'all work together you guys can build your own worker label and your own production company and your own thing all you got to do is work together you don't have to go over there you don't have to do this you don't have to do that no you guys can do that on your own sure that tells me a lot that There are many doors or many paths yeah. to get inside. Yeah. There, there isn't one way. The yeah. one way may not to me. It's completely different. You just have to be smart about it and know when you can actually go with those certain paths. There's multiple paths to make it out there. You know, you cannot stick to the like, oh, the way that he did it is the right way because he did it. Like in yeah. theory and paper. Yes. In paper, yes, but will it work with you practically? Chances yeah. are not, which is why you got to learn like from people like us so you can actually create and make your own path. And I'm then, and then, and myself. then, exactly. I'm making my own path as well. I've been making my own path my, the whole time I've been working in, in the in music industry because shit, you have no idea how many times I work with certain labels and then with certain artists. And whenever I want to release my music with them, they, I get full rejections and I get the same blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, it's not in it for us now, you know, come back again. And then, and I, I feel like kind of sad and depressed because it's like, shit, is my music that bad? And when well, I said, you take it personally because there's no other way to take it. Exactly. Until, until you really get those confidence back because other people say like, no, dude, your shit is dope. Like, I don't know why you're not being out there. And is that, and that's where you start to learn and realize like, oh, okay, I see how this shit moves. I see how this shit moves. Okay, got you. I'm going to move my way. It's my way or fuck you guys out. You know, you want to you want to see me? You want to see me? You know what? I'm not seeing you because you didn't see me when I was trying to see you. Exactly. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe in that. Like I like even people that probably are going to watch this or listen, whatever. Yeah. They're going to gonna know they're going to be like, wow, 
that girl seems like a bitch. She wants to do everything her way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's my life. <laughs> it's I my mean, life. I mean, I've talked so much shit and called out so many people in this podcast. Like, God knows if they already heard about it or not. I've I haven't called out names yet. Only probably two or three people have called out names. But again, I knew what I was getting into because I remember back then I have to be silent about it. I have to be quiet. Why? Because it's the only way. It. It's the only way for me to be in it. It's the only way yeah. for me to be networked with others. It's the only way. And that killed me inside because that means I cannot express myself. I cannot talk to nobody about this sort of shit. Like yeah. it, it kills me. That's when I launched the podcast. Like, well, guys, fuck all of you. Here he comes. Because I'm going to say some nasty shit. All right. I'm going to say some <laughs> nasty shit about and if you were one of those people who were nasty to me, don't worry. There's a special episode for you. Yeah, just for you. Just for you, you know. And yeah. I've I've gone on the record that I've shitted on labels. I shit at promoters. I shit at certain artists. Like, but I first of all, I don't care. Second of all, I have my reasons to why I shit at them because like, I like they care about us right now. Maybe one day they will. They don't care about us right now. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. And well, stop throwing I, your dollars at me. I might care. <laughs> if hey, if you take shots at me, the the first thing I'm gonna say is like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. That's the best, yeah. that's the best response you could ever do when everybody's taking shots at you at social media or any other platform. You they sell like you're such a whack person, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Like, thank you for watching my view. Don't yeah. forget, don't forget to like and subscribe. Vibe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you 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 have to kill them with kindness. It's it's like the best way to do it, you know, because it irritates them. Yeah, you want to know something? It's the one thing that I do want to say is I agree with you wholeheartedly about doing things your way and being like, well, you're not about me. I'm not about you, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing I did learn in this industry, and I'm not going to say who told me. If they watch this, they'll know who told me. Oh, it's the one thing that I'll always remember that keeps me from, not that I agree with it, I don't agree with it, but it's something I need to understand. Mm. If you're, if, and for the, for example, I, I tour managed, right? So I learned this from like a different perspective and a manager's point of view, artist management. Right. Is the artist, right, is always going to feel like even no matter what you do, it's still not 100%. They can appreciate everything you do, but never, ever realize, like, you can't take it personally when they go, oh, here, um, you know, um, here's my hand. I chopped my whole hand off for you. You can have it. And they're like, why aren't your nails painted? Right. You're going to get that in the industry. I'm not saying that that happened with anyone. I work. I'm just saying in, in general, in the industry that does happen, you can give everything. And that's something that like you said, your, your podcast is educational. Listen up. Because you're going to do everything possible. Think about interns that work for Spotify. Oh, like, yeah. All these different people's Pandora, Sirius XM, all these big, big names. They're working themselves to the bone. And they're nowhere near where they need to be yet. Mm. So realize that when you're working yourself dead to the bone, people aren't going to treat you like you deserve to be treated. Not that it's right, but it's what's been so taught throughout all these yeah. years that it's kind of like, why are you so special? You know what I mean? And I know this may even in a, I guess, more uh, millennial type of reference to it mm. is 
kind of like uh, the whole student loan debate, right? If someone were to cancel student loans, great, that's wonderful. But then all the people that paid their loans back are like, no, if I had to pay them, why can't you, right? So now canceling them is bad because you had to go through it, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I see, I see what you, I see where you're going with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's that, it's that whole, there's this story that I've heard before that this person, this girl went to a store and bought a Gucci bag for 10 G's. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, that same bag became a thousand dollars. And she went to her friend and her friend says like, Oh, I got the same bag. It's like, Oh my God. It took you, it, uh, how much did it cost you? 10 G's? Like, no, a thousand. And she's like, what? Why did it? It cost me 10 G's. Yeah. Why did it cost you a thousand dollars? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you're you. Wrong, was, you're getting mad at the wrong problem. It's not your friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and then you try to go to the store and then you're like, yo, I want $9,000 back. And you're like, why? It's like, because you sold this back to me for 10 G's and you're selling this same back to others for a thousand. And they were like, I mean... We yeah. sold it for 10 G's because at the time it was for 10 G's. Now it's a thousand. And in the music industry, we call that signing a contract. <laughs> Woo! Let's talk about that, bro. I dedicated an entire episode, 40 minutes of myself talking to myself on the camera. 40 minutes of me talking to me. <laughs> talking to me. Oh, but I, I do this. I do this regularly in, in my show. Like I like to talk to myself about certain topics. That's the whole basis of my show, you know? So that's okay. Yeah. So, but anyways, I dedicate an entire episode about reading contracts. I mean, the title itself, the title is, it's called read your contracts because so many people don't know what goes inside those contracts. And you know why? Because they don't read. You know what they do? They just sign it or they just give it to the manager or, or the lawyer and say, oh, yeah, it's good. Sign it. And that's it. Oh, my God. That's a headache for me. Oh, my God. Like, you have no idea how many of these. Like, I, I put it samples out there. How many of these rappers, rappers owe money to the labels? Why? Because they didn't read their fucking contracts. I mean, like, for fuck's sakes, Kanye West has a contract that says that he can never retire music ever Ever. that he can't retire it's legally blind binding contract that he can never retire he wrote the contract up too i don't think he wants to ever retire his music like bro i remember the early stages of skrillex's on his dubstep days when osla was at his i want to speak with dubstep i remember some of my homies try to sign up for for Osla to be a member, I shit you not. This is what they told me. They told me there's a clause in the contract that says um, you have to s- sell your soul to the devil. <laughs> Where do I sign? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh I shit you not. Shit like that. And I've heard contracts in in which they say that, oh, yeah, like we're loaning you $5 million, but you had to pay us $10 million back. And that's not include your revenues from your s- music. I kept myself like, how the fuck are you so, I'm sorry for the word, retarded for you not read that? It's so essential. Like, I get it. Like, reading that contract is not easy because all the hieroglyphics that says hearsay, dare say, force say, dare say, like, nobody, you get lost after one say. That's why it's important to, like, side, like, there's a perfect time to side note it. It's important to have a good team behind you. Yes. Because 
when you got a good team, they're not only are they going to make sure you read it, they're going to read it. And then they're going to reread it and reread it and reread it. Because guess what? It, it's, it's a group decision almost at that point because yes. trust your team and your team's got your back, which I am thankful enough to have seen that with our boys. Yes. But I saw that Deja, all of them with Cheryl, everybody is, they all have each other's backs, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't get anywhere without your team. And I think that that is something that a lot of artists and especially in rap, because in rap, a lot of times you're on your own until you figure out your team. But even think about, for example, Drake, he just got the Lifetime Achievement Award at, I think it was the Billboard Music Awards not too long ago, a couple months back. Right. And his number one thing he said was, I couldn't do this without my friends and my team. Before he could thank anyone, he thanked his friends because friends are chosen family, right? You yeah. choose to have these people around you. They don't need to be around you, especially when you're someone as big as Drake. Yeah. You choose who you're around and you better choose wisely. So if you've gotten to where you're at, it's damn well not on your own. And that's something that going in into the industry, regardless of where you're at in the industry, music, comedy, art, like paint, arting, art, arting, painting, yeah, art, art, photography, anything, yeah. right? And you need to be surrounded by the right people because that will make you or break you. You're going to be at the lowest of low points. Yep. And you're going to be like, do I keep doing this? Do Preach. I keep on going? Is this is this stupid? Am I crazy? Preach. You need that reassurance of those people like, dog, I see. I see you. Like, I see you're shy. Like, keep going. Keep going. And then when you're at the point where you're like, damn, like, this is it. We did it. We did it. You're not saying I did it. You're saying we did it because those people were with you when you were still waiting to be like, is this the right contract? Is this the right time? Did I make it to where I wanted to be? A lot of times that first contract is not the contract. No, yeah, absolutely. It's not. You won't always know that if you're all just you, right? You need the right people around you. So it's another lesson for your listeners. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes if I, I recontract, I learn how to recontract on my own because unfortunately I've been with people, with teens, and I've ended up being alone. Like I'm, I'm alone right now. So, but hey. That's that's why we call the podcast the Lone Wolf. Yeah. Anyways, I I had to learn how to recontracts. I didn't have I didn't have the luxury to have people or people that surrounded me that pushed me and or helped me or support me. In fact, like most of the time, all my peeps that I grew up with, they're like in different places in the world right now. So I don't have much of them their support on social and socially. Only social media wise, I have them support. But that you know that doesn't take you that far social wise like um everybody's like mind you i'm i'm an old guy i'm like in my 30s already That's so like anybody on everybody's under under my age and they have their people they had everybody grew up together or they had some way they they started their own thing together i didn't have that luxury i i came from puerto rico i moved here try to try to be that aspiring producer you know want to play at festivals i i ended up doing that I, I achieved some of my goals, but then as I grew older, so happy for you. Yeah, thank you. As I grew older and older, I started to see how things are, and I just noticed that I don't have people around me. I was just like, all right, then. I mean, can I do this by myself? Like, I, I can. But the problem about me doing it by myself, it's, it's a long process. It takes time, a lot of resources, and a lot of money. So yeah, there's a lot of investment behind it. You know, that's the unfortunate truth guys so i mean that's exactly why I'm, I'm doing this so everybody can learn from from me knowing yeah. you know yeah. try to try to keep with people that's surrounded that knows that they believe in you like yeah. cheryl believes in us 
all around. And I even sent contracts to Cheryl. I was like, Cheryl, I didn't understand this contract. Could you explain it to me? Because I didn't understand shit. She's the best, isn't she? I, I actually, I went to FIU down in Miami and I was taking an artist management class. And I, oh. called, Cheryl, yeah, I called Cheryl up. I'm like, Cheryl, I'm reading something here. It doesn't seem right. I'm going to show you. And she's like, <laughs> let me see it, girl. And she's like, she's like, oh no, they're right about this, but they're not right about this. This isn't how it works. Maybe in the books, but not in the industry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so she knows her stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I go, I go for advice and any other co conversations. I go to her. Yeah. Like that, that's my go-to, guys. Yeah. So, sorry, guys, for our listeners, you can't go to Cheryl. Cheryl will not accept you. Uh, <laughs> she'll, she, buy you her can drink, buy, buy her drink. Buy her drink. Maybe she'll talk to you. Maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see, guys. So, you know, but yeah, like. Sometimes you have to read your own contracts, even if you got your own people, because you just want to be sure that everybody's in the same page. You want to make sure that, you know, what you're reading is it's exactly how you're reading it. It's like, did you read it like how I read it? Like, this is what it's saying. You think it's right? No. All right. Thing. Sometimes it could be a good thing, right? You're yeah. like not expecting. You're like, ah! <laughs> so sometimes it can be something great, but read, <laughs> but read, read, because that, because that's how you get blindsided. The fact that they send you a contract, you obviously get like so hyped and shit and whatnot. You know, some of my music releases on these labels, uh, I have to read line by line because there are times in which I have to tell them, it's like, Hey, like, what is this that you guys get a little bit more revenues than I do? Like, how's that work again? I'm sorry. Um, I think I'm reading a different language. Can you give me the English contract? I want an English so I can read it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gibberish. Yeah, is that, that's where I got, I mark, like put an ads, like I don't understand or what is this? Like, no, I don't like this. And I go back and forth with the labels. Go back to them. And if they're, if they really believe in you and what you want to do, yeah. they're going to make sure that contract's signed and however they need to, Alter it will happen. Luckily for me, I had no issues and they're happy to redo it. And then just like I'll sign it right and then my music is out there. So I'm luckily, luckily for me, I can tell you based on the experience from Ricky, I remember this contract that he had with Never Say Die in which he had. Do you remember the, the song that he has right now? Crack? Yeah. Monster song. Banger, 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 banger. Never Say Die initially wanted that song and the problem with that is that they love that song so much that they say they want to change it that they want to they want to add more verses they want to add more sounds they want to change a little bit the drop because it sounds kind of like this and that they just want to give it to us and ricky was like no i want to uh, this is how it is everybody's playing it Skrillex is playing it Zomboy, your own artist is playing it. So-and-so is playing it. Like, a lot of people are playing it. They didn't want to give it. They didn't want to give it to the demands. And then it's like, well, well, you're not releasing it with us. Like that. Yeah. And then Ricky is like, all right, bet. I'll release it on my own. All right, bet. Yeah. And what happened is that he released it on his own. And then... No, no, no. Tiesto. Yes, that's right. At Ultra. Tiesto performed it because... Tiesto said like, yo, you have this song released on your own? Come and release it on my label. And you're like, what? Tiesto releasing a dubstep song on his fucking label? It is what it is. Exactly. Like, you guys don't want to release it? That's right. Cool. Tiesto, one of the biggest artists in the whole fucking world, will release it and play it at Ultra. Yeah. Yep. Sucks being you, homie. Sucks being you. Yep. 
I guess who had the tail between their legs now. That's yep. what I'm saying. I hope that one day I get to where I need to be, right? It's like my ultimate dream is Saturday Night Live. That's my dream. I want to be oh, there. So you want to go back again to your hometown. That's what's I'm, up. I'm moving in a couple of weeks to start uh, improv in New York City. Oh! Yeah, just start it up. Get it going. You're already there, man. You're already there. You just get in there. Now you got to do is just network and that's sick. Get to know people, talk to everybody, and let's go. Let's write some stuff on Saturday Night Live. Right, right, right. And then act that out, motherfuckers. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Let the record be whole. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. I love hearing shit like that, man. Inspiration, you know, it inspires me, man. I'm so happy to hear that, that you're actually reaching some of your goals. Like you're definitely going to make it now. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. I really hope so. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you. Now we're going to go shift a little bit for the comedy tour before we wrap things up now. <laughs> yeah, you sure. say you say you want to be smart about comedy. Do you think Andrew Schultz is being smart with his comedy? Am I? Are you going to hate me if I'm like, Andrew Schultz? No, I'm not going to hate you, but he's a New Yorker. Just, okay. He, I don't know everyone in New York. <laughs> I know. I know small world, but I don't know everyone in New York City. Okay. Okay. Um, That's like finding out like, oh, I have a friend from New Jersey. Really? I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went to school with her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The even see even even that little talk that that's already made me laugh. So <laughs> sorry, I don't no, know. Anyone. So Andrew Schultz happens to be one one of the biggest comedians out there right now. What if I know his face? Can I Google him? Absolutely, Google his face. You probably have seen him from from Geico because he actually was a writer and a, a producer for it. He also does the Brilliant Idiots podcast with Charlemagne the God. Okay, I know Andrew Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. Now I know. This is his face. Yeah! Schultzy, yes! Okay, 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 okay. Yes, I know Andrew Schultz. Okay. okay. Now, have you seen some of his sketches or some of his, you know, YouTube videos? Podcasts. Huh? I've heard him on podcasts and I've seen him in, in guy code. I've seen him in like different little things all over TV. Right, right, right. He, yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been out there, even though he was, I think he even has a special on Netflix. No. Yes. Uh, all, uh, Andrew Schultz saves America. Something. Yeah. See the, the way I'm looking at Andrew Schultz for right now, he's my favorite comedian. Oh, awesome. He like, he's right up there next to Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a comparison. That's a comparison. Obviously, there's a two different styles of comedy between you got Andrew Schultz and Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is more of the philosophical comedy because it's his his comedy is like makes you want to think and so, it makes you laugh at some of the shit that he says about it because you're like, God damn, this motherfucker is right. That's the T comedy that I'm talking about. Say what? He does that comedy of things that you think about. Exactly. That's why he's very good. Like he, that's why I, I classified him as a philosophical comedian because okay, I like that. And Andrew Schultz is the comedian in which he old stuff admits it with the new stuff. Yeah. Okay. Things that he learned when he was coming up into where he is right now. He is actually very honest and outgoing and out there. 
without being apologetic about it. And if he's just smart about his comedy, like if you see clips of him in his YouTube, I recommend you watching some of his clips or in Instagram. You can actually see some of his Instagrams. The smart thing that Andrew did during the whole pandemic, which is amazing in how he got the Netflix special, he did skits, like small little skits. He just sits down and starts making fun of everything and everybody that's going on in today's world, like little skits like that. And it's because those little skits got to him to the Netflix special. Mm -hmm. And now he's on his tour right now. I can't believe I missed it. I, I'm pissed that I missed his tour because he was at, he 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 did like five shows here in Miami, like Miami, West Palm, Tampa. Like like I'm I so pissed that I missed it. I was I was so pissed. I'm sorry. But I'm waiting for next year to come up. But if what's that? So let me call him and tell him to come back. Ah, absolutely. Hit him up. Let him know, bro. Let him know. Hard. I know him. <laughs> but yeah, Andrew Schultz happens to be one of those comedians that does not give a fuck. And at the same time, he's just honest and about the situation about it. He just he's one of those comedians that he'll make he'll try to make a joke out of about everything, even the most darkest humors or the, the darkest moments Chris D'Elia yeah yeah, I yeah. He, he's not as edgy as Chris D'Elia Chris D'Elia is a little bit more in your face yeah but he's but he's out there he's like he's out there and he it's just the way he speaks and talks to people it's just it's just hilarious it's because he's also very good at finding comedy right at the spot yeah it, like improv improv that basically, he's very good at it. So, like, he can just start a conversation with someone and then start talking and then get the ball rolling. And for somehow, he makes everything funny out of it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's so funny because I can relate to that because for a long time, in order to kind of find what I... I guess I've always, like I said, SNL has always been my dream. I've always thought, like, oh, I, I think I'm funny. But, like, when you kind of come into that recognition of, like, oh, shit, this may be something, maybe... Mm. It was. I was kind of feeling like, oh, I'm just like, I would call it conversationally funny. I have conversational humor. In reality, that's improv. Like, you're just talking to people and you're funny. Like, talking about whatever it is at that moment. And essentially, stand-up is just a conversation that you're right. having. Because everyone else is supposed to just be watching you have this almost like a conversation within yourself. Yes. Uh, that's why I, I bring up that tug of war feeling a lot because it's true. You you often don't, I, I put myself in that mindset of like, how am I thinking this way, right? I always try and be cautious and like aware of what, you know, is going on and I make a joke out of it. Sometimes it's not the best. It's one of those moments like, <laughs> like but like, you know, I don't know, sometimes, you know how like to have the, um, what is it called? The, the, the sad face and the happy face. Yeah. Like, Half and half. Yeah. Comedy and tragedy. There we go. Comedy and tragedy. It's com. Uh, what is it? It's com. Uh, comedy is tragic past tense. Something like it, that. No, like so. Comedy and tragedy. There's like the black and white face that like one is smiling and one is frown. True. It goes with one another. With sometimes when there's a tragic moment, comedy helps. Sometimes when it's too funny you're like oh it's a sad moment oh, like it could go either way it's a it's on or off switch right it's like the opposite of each other but it can be so beautiful to know that right. there's that very happy medium where you it, can be 
Funny story. Uh, my grandma's eulogy. I was very funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my mom. My mom passed, and oh, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry about your grandma. I mean, I'm so sorry, but like you know, thank you. But in general, I'm just saying, in in relating to what we're saying, you find funny things to make you feel better when you're sad. Absolutely. You know? So what a better profession. So honest to make people laugh and feel good. Right. Originally I wanted to be a teacher and I just don't care enough about changing the entire education system. Mm. That's the only reason that I didn't become a teacher, but you know, I, in general, I like that, like authenticity that I could have to myself in that field. Right. But so I can have that same authenticity on a stage and I won't, I know I'm not the only one that thinks certain ways or feels certain ways about like pop culture or whatever's happening. So I think it's cool to like put myself and my thoughts out there. And if people like it, cool. Right. And right. Not, then I'm sorry. It wasn't in it for you. Basically. Exactly. Like for example, I don't even know if I'm legally allowed to say this, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. Um, I was supposed to be on that show, The Circle, you know, the Netflix show, The Circle. It's like a social media competition. And pretty much what they do is like they fly you out to London. There's this big building with a circle on it. Right. And all the apartments are filled up with the contestants. And um, you don't have your cell phone. You don't have any communication to anybody. And it's filming is like, I think, five, six weeks, some bullshit. And you only can communicate through a voice activated TV in the like in the apartment that they provide to you, you live there. Like and at all the contestants are living in that building, but you never meet them face to face until the finale. Whoever's at the finale is who's you're gonna, who you're going to, but like the whole thing is you can be a catfish or you could be yourself. Mm. And the thing is, you never know if you're talking to someone that's real or not. So you have to play this game, right? Very strategically. And I was supposed to be on the fucking show. And I guess I wasn't damn funny enough. Like I got to like a good, like I got to like round three of casting. And I'm like, I already sent you my twerk videos. Why am I not on Netflix? Like, I'm so pissed. What the fuck? Twerk videos? Is that how you get into shit? Don't worry about it. Netflix will see me twerk eventually. Okay. Well, well if you say, yeah, sure. Then twerk. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my time yet. They were like, this ass isn't meant for Netflix. It's meant for NBC, baby. Oh, let them know. Let them know. Bam. <laughs> Let them know that this ass ain't for y'all. I did hit it on the way out. So, papa, papa, see ya. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Wow, I never heard of that. Uh, maybe I have uh, just like you should check it out. Check it out. It's a good show. No, um, fuck that. If you're not in it, then what the fuck am I watching it? Fuck that shit. They have two seasons. I tried out for season three. And season one's really good. Season two's good too, but it's not as good as season one in my opinion. But whatever. What? Whatever. I'm not watching. Don't try. Don't try to convince me to watch a show that you're not in it. Okay? Like no. Don't watch it now. No. Fuck that shit. No. <laughs> I like I like watching um, like standups that on Netflix because it's funny that they have. I think it's um, comedians around the world, something like that. That it's called. Like when you click it. You know how, like, instead of like seeing like season one, season two, season three, right. episodes going down, and each episode is a different country. So, like, I watch because I'm Brazilian and Cuban, so I'm very fluent in Portuguese. 
And oh. I was watching a Netflix comedy of the guy who was, he was saying this in Portuguese, like the comedy in Portuguese. And it's so funny because it allows me to appreciate a punchline in a different language that people won't understand sometimes right away if they don't know oh. the language, you can't pick up on that, right? So it's funny because you want comedy to be universal. And I always wonder like, damn, if I could ever ask a comedian, like how they do it. Because think about it with songs, people remember your songs. You can think about it in Brazil, they know all like every Eagles song, every Rolling Stones, like Timeless Beatles. No matter what country you go to, someone's going to know a Beatles song in English. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But comedy is different. You can't be like, they can't know your jokes. And they, the punchlines and the humor can be completely different in different countries, right? Something mm. may be funny in America that's not so funny across the world. Yeah. Um, so it's cool because, like I told you, I kind of like think about how people market shit. I think about how comedians in Brazil market themselves, how comedians in Peru will market themselves, mm. Mexico, different countries, and just see how they take on the same damn thing I want to do. And if it's different, if it's the same, if something's better, if something's worse, how does the crowd perceive this joke? Is it because of their delivery? Is it because of how they actually deliver the joke? Or is it because of what they said? Is it because of the story? Those are the things that that's where I'm at right now mm. with my comedy. I write and I analyze. For example, I actually sat with a pad, like a pad and a paper watching Ray Romano's like he had um. Oh yeah. my God, Ray Romano, my favorite actor. Ray Romano is the best. Oh my and God, he, he had um, he had a comedy special of him, like he hadn't done comedy in over whatever amount of years, I don't know, twenty years, whatever it was. Um, and he went back to I think it was uh, his two old places that that he started yeah. in those two improv places. Um, the comedy place was it? Comedy cellar, I think. It's yeah, called. the comedy cellar. Yeah. Yeah, so he went, and then he went back to, like, boom, one-to-one one down the street. Yeah, exactly. And I was just, I swear to you, I was, I had my notepad, and I'm like, this made me laugh so fucking hard. What was the structure of this joke? And I'm literally writing the structure. I'm like, okay, he mentioned, he mentioned the little piece here, so I'm going to put, like, um, kind of like Mad Libs, right? Like, you put an underline. Yeah. Underline went to the store. Um, so then I'll be like, plot. Um, hidden message, punchline, bring it back to the beginning, right? How do you bring it all the way back? And I think he even made a joke about how like um, kids when they're younger, they're like, oh, we um, we want to go here. We want to go there. And the parents are driving them here, driving them there. And then once they get older, it's like uh, the kids are an investment really. Like you're, now they got to drive you because you're too damn old. Yeah. And like he, he made another joke where he was pretty much saying like, um, it's good to invest in friends that are doctors <laughs> um, because like, you know, one day you'll wake up and you're like, fuck, my knee doesn't feel the same. Now you can just ask your doctor friend what's going on. Right? You guys just like, yo, somebody about my knee. Like, yeah. can you check this out? And you're like, oh, I'll send you a uh, prescription. There you go. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I would take that, like that, that special, for example, I took notes. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Funny things, funny things. Right. Um, I mean, my biggest inspirations are all New York comedians for the most part. Um, a lot, a lot, not New York, like they were born and raised, but I'm saying like. That they started out in New York. New York based. Because yeah. I say SNL, when I say SNL is my dream, it's because that's my influence. That's everything. Like Tina Fey alone, Amy Poehler, Jimmy Fallon. 
those people alone, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, like fucking Adam Sandler, fucking uh, Rob Snyder, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, like boom, 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 boom. All these people. I want to come from that same club. I want to be a part of them. I want to be a part of that family. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't, but like, I hope so. Right. Like you can only hope and do your best. And if you're meant to be there, it'll happen. So, you know, I just hope that this is the right. I know that this is the right path. I just hope it works out. You know, (laughs) I mean, if you're fully invested on it, it, just go for it. Best thing I can tell you, just go for it. If you're fully invested, if you're 100% sure that this is exactly what you really wanted and that you're really passionate. And if you see yourself in the long run that I can do this on an everyday basis, then go for it. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you go there, you get it, and then you don't like it. And then now all those expectations that you had yourself on kind of shatters, you know? Well, Cheryl said, I'll always have music, right? <laughs> no, but, you know, I'm just saying, I I feel like it's, um, it, it was really hard for me to get where I'm at mentally mm. and where I'm at right now, because you, you probably know this as well. Every artist kind of goes to this point in their life where they're like, do I do this now? I don't know if I'm ready. Right. Mm. That's that question. Am I ready to do right. this? And it's kind of like for myself, I always feel like I don't want to dip my toe in. Mm. I'm jumping in when I go in. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, for example, if if I'm going, I know that this is what it's it's supposed to happen this way. But the thing is that I'm meant to do this now. Mm. I wasn't at a point in my life a couple of years ago where my life allowed me to be where I need to be. And, you know, everybody gets to a point in their life where they're like, now's my time. That's how I feel now. Now's my time. I fully so. understand what you're going for. Yeah. And it's funny because Cheryl did kind of say the same thing to me, the way you're saying it. Yeah. She, because I told her, like, when we talked last time before the party, like, we had our, like, a, a lengthy hour of conversation. When is it not lengthy with Cheryl? Exactly. You know, it's, it's. But it, obviously, it's those conversations. You learn something out of it. Like somehow you learn and you become like, wow. Always. Yeah. Now I know what to do with my life. I'm like, all right, let's go. Thank you, Cheryl. It's like, Cheryl, you whatever you did. Yeah. But it's that conversation that she and I have because, you know, I, when I explained to her, like, I stopped making music because I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't being happy. I wasn't fulfilling myself. You know, I was fulfilling the masses. You know, because that's how you get into the industry. Unfortunately, you had to fulfill to the masses before you fulfill yourself. You have yourself. to please everyone. Yeah, and I was just tired about it because it, was just, it felt mentally exhausted. I'm it's like, crazy. I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I, I want to do music when I whenever I feel like I want to do music. You know. Yeah. And that from that I put on hiatus, and at the hiatus I basically searched myself like, what can I do with my life as a as, a, as an audio engineer, as a music producer, as they're like, I'm already in the music industry. Like, I want to continue doing what I'm doing. Like, what can I do with my life? Like, what is it? And yeah, that's where w- w- my cousin, he told me is like, he's a film. He's a filmmaker. He do- he shoots sports documentaries locally here in South Florida and and shoots for the NFL films as well. And he and I were we are very much 
alike in terms of our industry work because he says like all the stuff that I've come up, I've done in my life, he had to endure it as well. So we found like, holy shit, like you had to work for free. You had to do this, that. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, yeah. Like I had to do this, this and that. And then he gave me the idea. It's like, why don't you start a podcast on your own? You got your equipment. Like you have the 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 resources. Exactly. Yeah. Just grab a mic and 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 do it. I'm like, all right, but I don't have a person to talk to. Like, he's like, no, don't wait for anybody. Don't wait for anybody. Just go for it. Do it. Just do it. And that's what I did. And then I, I told that exact story to her, and she tells me like, you know what, Wilson, you were meant for this. You were meant for this because you've already experienced the industry and because you're an artist and you know how it feels to be part of it. That's why you can relate to all these artists that you interview. You can relate with Ricky. You can relate with Shindo. You can relate with Deja. You can relate with, with this person, with other person and this and that. That's why you, some of these show, interviews that I've seen, it makes sense because you can relate to them. That's why they feel so comfortable asking answering all your questions even though the questions you make sometimes make it very pointy that they may not answer that same question on someone else yours is different because you make them feel welcome you are meant for this yeah, like whatever you're doing keep yeah. doing it and don't stop i'm like yeah, yo exactly exactly i had that same feeling because like you like obviously you know i do the interviews too i had that same feeling where i'm like yo artists that i'm interviewing are literally opening up to me in ways they would never talk to any other exactly because you set the vibe you set the tone you set the whole thing as a normal conversation exactly like no one wants to feel that anxiety of like what are they going to ask me right like no one wants to feel that and that's the same thing i always tell my my every every artist that comes on my my igtv i always go it's pretty much going to be like a FaceTime. Mm. We're going to catch up. We're going to see what you've been up to. We're going to say, hey, these are some great things about what I'm doing now. Here's where I want to go. But we talk in between that some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the whole point of my podcast when I'm interviewing people like you and my guests. You know, like, I want them to feel comfortable. I want because awesome. I don't I don't want to feel like Q&A, Q&A, Q&A podcast. Like, yeah. no, that's. That shit is done. That shit has been there, done that. I heard so many EDM podcasts like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at those guys. Every podcast or every magazine or every write-up, it's always the same questions. It's like, sometimes I want to hear something different. Yeah, like, you know, there's a difference between asking a someone, oh, how long did it took you to come out? It's like, oh, it took me four years to come out and this, this, and that. Versus asking, how long did it took you to come up and what was going on when you were in those years. Yeah. Oh man, it took me a while because, you know, I was sleeping in the mattress. I had to do this and that. It wasn't good. I had to, you know, work, blah, blah, blah. And then I did it and now I'm here and da, 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 da. You can relate. And that's something that not every like other interview that they do, well, it won't always happen that way, right? Exactly. So. I like to think myself, I'm the Joe Rogan of the EDM industry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm nowhere near Joe Rogan. I think I'm more of like a wannabe Whitney Cummings. <laughs> Trust me, I'm nowhere near him, 
but I've seen so much of his work and in, in his podcast that like I take some of his stuff and implement it over here. And it's because of him and his podcast that I managed to have these um, intimate conversations with everyone in my guest. Like I, I give shout out to him and I hope one day I can actually have a conversation with him and, and sit down my cross in his he'll show. Like live. maybe he'll do a live. I did a, um, Donnell Rawlings. I don't know if you, well, oh, yeah, Donnell Rawlings, Ashley okay. Larry. Yeah. Ashley Larry. Yeah. So he has his own podcast and I follow his podcast on Instagram. He went live and I joined his live. He accepted it. I'm like, what? And it was the day after the Super Bowl. And so we were just chatting about like the halftime show, all the shit. I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm having an interview with Donald Rollins. This is fucking lit. Oh, shit. It was so cool. Like, and then all of a sudden I got all these people that were like, yo, was that you on Donnell Rawlings' live? I'm like, yeah, like, it's so cool. Yo, that's fire. Did you record it? I did. I did. I did. Yeah. That's right, motherfuckers. Fruit. <laughs> oh shit i'm rich bitch yeah so yeah and so i'm like damn and i even made the joke to my friends because um august 7th uh chappelle's coming to the hard rock in fort lauderdale or hollywood whatever right oh and, yeah and but tickets are up the wazoo because they already went out so now everything's all resale you feel me how much are they now I don't even know. I'm not going to give you a fake price, but they're very expensive. Cause I went at last time I looked, I think I looked for a second and it was like triple digits. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to like, see him, but that's I'm too good. Like, I know Donnell Rollins, please. <laughs> please. He's my best friend. Look, I have an interview. I promise. I got an interview with Donnell Rollins. Like I should have a pass. Like bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, pull up, pull out that car and see what happens. You never know. You know, the whole the trick that I always learn about fe music festivals. If you want to get backstage, pretend that as if you own the place. Oh, you have no idea how many times I come backstage. Just me pretending to be I own this shit, bro. Even though I don't have the bracelets or anything. I just go there. I mean, the phone is like, what? Bro, I need this motherfucker in stage now. He, we cannot delay this shit right now. It's like, yo, excuse me, I'm, I'm dealing. I need to talk to someone, and I just go in. And security guys go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, they don't want to deal with your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I, hey, go try, go try it. It's like, yo, I, what do you mean, Donnell Rollins is not gonna be here? No, he needs to be here now. Dave Chappelle cannot come in here early. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, Mr. Chappelle's not gonna like. <laughs> I need him in makeup now. Now, like, like, right meow. Yep, this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, it, it, it works. It works. You know One time I heard, um, and I think I read this online somewhere that a local band, like somewhere in the United States, I don't know where, they um, they were playing a show, and someone like one one of the people attending a fan of, you know, whatever, an attendee, um, went to the, the, the bouncer or whatever. And they were going to give like the, for the admission. And, um, he's like, Oh, it's going to be whatever. And he goes, Oh no, that's my cousin's break. And he's like, yeah, that's not your cousin or whatever. It's like, no, that's no, my cousin. And they edited the band's Wikipedia 
to put like relation is that person's like look i swear to god it's on his wikipedia and like they didn't pay like because it was like <gasps> yo i'm like that is next level that's next yo level. yo that's evil genius level I wouldn't do it for a local band, but I'd do it for someone super famous. Like, what do you mean I can't see Lady Gaga? Look on here. She is my cousin. Like, you know Yo. I don't think that that would work anymore, but it happened that one time that I read about it. So cool. Yo. It is next level genius. Yo, no, that's evil genius level. That's, I, that's. I'll put on Dave Chappelle's thing. Be like, I'm his cousin, please. Yo, yo, it's right here. I was. I thought I was gonna like, yo, edit, do some Photoshop, and look like I got pictures of him, me and Dave together, go like yeah. this and shit, yeah. you know. Oh, you don't believe me? It's like you and like a cardboard cutout of Dave. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was just gonna go with that. Yeah. I, I, not legit enough. <laughs> but that was my level of thought. I was. I never knew I had to go. That level of Wikipedia shit, like, look at Ancestry.com. Like, see, we're related. We're cousins. Yeah. Yo. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Wow. Well, we're going to wrap this up, man. We're going to, I got like three more questions and we can end this right here. Okay. So what has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? graduating college it's because i don't want to say that that's my greatest accomplishment ever right because you would hope that it would come later right but I think it's one of my milestones i'm glad i graduated college another big one aside from that like career wise i think i've gotten to a point where i'm very proud of myself even just like for example um, i told you that my mom had passed right, right. i was her primary caretaker she was sick mm. and it just wasn't time for me to focus on me it was not my time yet so after she had passed they started doing the ig tv interviews and i was so proud of myself and i still am because that was like a big step for me to actually doing something for myself i've never been the type to be selfish about anything i'm a mm. very selfless person i will always do what's best for anybody so i'm a great tour manager <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> hey hey Ask Deja. <laughs> Just so you know. Ask Deja. Ask Jess. Both of them. Uh, but for real, I always am looking out for everybody else. And I think it's damn time I start looking out for myself. Mm. So I think my greatest accomplishment is now focusing on me, doing me, and actually making things happen. That's pretty dope. I like to hear that. Yeah. Thanks. So what are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish i think you answered this a little earlier but just to give like the brief yeah, around sure. so currently i work in college admissions so i am pretty much like a bouncer for college right like oh shit gotta That's get past me oh it's line of defense so pretty much people just like apply to college and i talk to them about their dreams and everything they want to do and if it's right for them i help them go through the process right that's what i'm doing now um, aside from that, I'm just writing jokes, but I'm not doing that. Mm. Um, I do a lot of voice memos. So um, your podcast, what is this rated PG-13? No, it's rated R. 
or M for M for mature. To be honest, there's a I've I've said some nasty shit in throughout, and people have cussed a lot here. So well, I read I go it. To the right headspace. I'll put it that way. I go yeah. into the right headspace and I start writing these jokes, and I'm like, damn, that's good. Damn, this sucks. And like the ones that I'm like, damn, these are really good. I'll go back and listen to them the next day, and I'll be like, yeah, this is gold. Or yeah, damn, this is stupid. I was just fucked right. up. <laughs> you know. So right now I'm in that like, okay, I'm trying to filter out. Like I said, I'm trying to work smart because there's a lot of shit that I can go out and just say that'll be funny as fuck. But is it the right thing to say? Mm. Right. So it's, again, a quiet confidence. I know I can do it. Just not doing it the way that it can be done. I want to do it the way I want to do it. So I'm trying to challenge myself as much as I can right now to, I guess, just I'm my own, everyone's your own, your own, you're your own worst critic, right? Yeah. I am the worst critic to myself. Like I need to give myself a damn break, <laughs> but I don't. So right now I'm trying to sift through what works and how I can actually use that material in a positive way during my standups. What I hope to accomplish and what I hope to do is use that fuel to fire up my career, right? I'm hoping that, I'm, like I said, I'm moving to New York to do some improv. Like that's right. something I've always wanted to do. I'm very good at conversational humor. So I think I'm very good at improv. I really hope to create a little circle that I have not had for myself. I've always had a really good support circle with, you know, uh, Deja and everybody. Like that was a really good support circle. All of Yardage, Cheryl, everybody is super supportive. But I'm around a whole bunch of musicians, right? I should be around a bunch of comedians so I can relate to them about certain things that I can't really explain. Um, so that's something that I hope to really start is creating a, and building that community mm. that I really want to be a part of and just kind of like diving in and being like, all right, I'm, I'm here. The chosen one has made it. I'm here. Let's do this thing, right? right. Like I want to be able to have that sense of uh, my little circle, my little support circle. I don't know how else to put it. I'm very excited for it. And I just want to like get that small team and keep going up, 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 up. SNL, here I come. Here we go. Here we go. Um, side note before our final question. Um, sure. I feel that you should let out some of that stuff that you know it's funny. It may be a little bit fucked up, but who knows? Maybe... Like, I feel like when when you're doing stuff that you are holding yourself back, I, I, that's what I feel. Like, you know, you can be funny, but you have to be careful what you say because people might may interpret the wrong way. I feel like that's a sort of a way of holding back, you know, because you, you haven't released your full potential. And I feel like if you do full, release your full potential, just be let it out, all out war, free for all for all this shit. Maybe it actually can benefit you a little bit more. Who knows? Good. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's the thing. It's like you always think, well, what if? What, I yeah, it's those what ifs, could have, would have, should have. Exactly. Um, but I'm you, but you, but tell you what, you wouldn't know until you try it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like, I'm just my first critic, but I am getting better at that. So, you know. Slowly but surely, I'll get there. I know that, like you said, educational podcast. People are going to listen to this and be like, again, my dog will not stop talking. Yeah, for real. He's going on a rampage. <laughs> you know, you good? We Gucci? 
Are we good? He's looking at me like very judgy now. He's like, judgy? He's like, boy, you be sneezing like it was bedrock in here. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, so whatever. But anyways, I'm just trying to have that happy balance of, well, I fucking did it. And it's like, I'm going to be like, I know. And that's something that I've already learned. And mm-hmm. it's helped me, but at first it was really hard to accept. I'm going to be really bad when I first start. I mean, I'm going to be bad, but I never settle for bad because I'm a perfectionist like Leslie No, So I always try to do it right the first time. In the words of Ron Swanson, never whole ass two things, whole ass one thing. Yes. Amen. Correct. One last question. Now that you say that you're leaving to New York, let's just say that you're going to New York and you're not coming back, but then you got somebody like, oh man, I wish I could learn more about you. But you're like, don't worry, I got you. I'm going to leave a piece of paper and write you three pieces of advice so you will know what to do. What will be those three pieces of advice that you'll give to someone? So who who am I giving this advice to? I mean, in, in general, it could be anyone. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Um, first piece of advice, you'll be fine. That's number one. I think you'll be fine. Like, go through good, go through bad, you'll be fine. As long as you believe that you'll be fine, you will be fine. If you tell yourself, I'm not telling you you're going to be good, bro. You may be so down in the dumps at some point, but you'll be fine. And I think that that's the perfect thing to say in general in life, because if you're not fine, then I'm sorry. But like, if you're telling yourself you'll be fine and you're doing everything possible to make sure that you're looking out for you, you'll be fine. Two, I think I said this one earlier, but surround yourself with supportive people, a supportive circle. You are a product of your environment. So if you surround yourself with good vibes and you surround yourself with loyal people, then I think that you will be, you'll be fine. Back to rule one. And then rule number three is laugh. Find the humor in things. Um, I think it's very important because like we were saying earlier as well, when you're sad, comedy helps. Yep. When you're happy, comedy helps. Yep. When you're heartbroken, comedy helps. helps. Right? It's, it's laugh, smile, because it takes more muscles to frown. It's true. But yeah, I'd say that. Live, love, laugh, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I'm sure that there's somewhere on one of my walls here. Oh, it's got to be in somewhere out there. Why not? You know, <laughs> just Great. triple L's, you know, Wilson. That's not that's not what that. No, no, don't. That's <laughs> that stands for loser. Oh, my bad. Yo, you ever do this thing? Loser, loser, double loser. As if whatever to get the picture. Yeah. The yes. yo, come on, man. I grew up in that Lizzie McGuire way, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Steph, thank you very much for coming over to the show. I really appreciate it very much. We have a nice, intimate conversation. And I hope for the best for you. I hope everything comes into place. And once you're over there in New York and start running for SNL, please, let's come back to the show and let's talk about uh-huh. that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. My fir- This is my first interview. I always am the one interviewing. So you got the first hey, one. You already know. You already know. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. What's the 305 in the way. Yeah. So I'm 954, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we leave, pluck yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you. Let the people know what you got and what, what's to expect. Just pluck yourself out. All right. Here's the plug. So Instagram, Twitter, 
just go at Steph Rod with three Ds because I have to be extra two, three. Steph Rod 23. The number 23 is because I used to play softball and that was my number. Oh, dope. So, yeah. And on YouTube, which I'm trying to build up my YouTube, it's Spoiled Diner Girl. I'm trying to have that as my stage name. So, so. yeah, it's that easy building in YouTube. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you yeah. that it's not it's not easy. I'm I'm trying my best and it's not easy, you know. I thought I thought music is hard, but apparently that's much more easier than fucking building a YouTube channel. Uh, I know, I know. Sometimes it's like what? Yeah, I know. I don't understand, bro. Like I don't understand how these fucking kids they they got hundreds of thousands of, of followers out of just them fucking playing the fucking video game. Me talking about serious shit. Nope, nope. Oh, no. Who cares what you have to say? How do I get to the next level of Roblox? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this isn't Ryan's toy review. <laughs> Fuck is this old guy talking about? What's a computer? The latest baby shark toy. Bro, can I get a, a download scam out of this? Yeah, yeah. Bro. Yeah. So, yeah, no, guys. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And of course, the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. Where you can check all my latest episodes. Please Help me get to a hundred subscribers so I can have my own URL <laughs> because lonewolfpod.com is dope, but I want that as a website, not as my YouTube channel website. Help me! hundred subscribers. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, we'll get there, right? Yeah, we'll get there. You know. Sorry, if I was on SNL, you'd already be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Not on SNL. <laughs> We'll get there already. I need those 100 subscribers already. <laughs> guys, comment down below. Share your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got something that you want to talk about or a specific topic that you want me or Steph to talk about, please let us know in the comments down below and hit the notification next to it and we can probably cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces. Deuces.